0: Oftentimes in life, circumstances require being viewed from alternate perspectives in order to gain new insights and awareness around them. Like stepping back from a painting of little shaded squares until it reveals the clear intended picture. Welcome to Pixelated Perspectives, the podcast intended to offer new perspectives into your health and overall well-being, explained through the lens of German New Medicine. I'm your host Tanya Verquin, I'm an artist, family woman, and nature and life enthusiast. So let's get into it. Well, hello, welcome to Pixelated Perspectives. This is Tanya and thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm super excited to welcome my guest, Andy Lockmears. Andy has worked in the holistic alternative field for over 25 years. She is a certified holistic health practitioner, a certified whole health educator, and has a master's degree from the University of Maine in Peace and Humane Studies. She has training in many aspects of alternative health and ran her own successful wellness center, Calm HealthWorks, in Maine before shifting her attention to teaching German New Medicine or Germanic Healing Knowledge full-time in 2021. She has been a German New Medicine, Germanic Healing Knowledge teacher and consultant since 2009 and spent three years on a GNM international team. In 2018, she began a professional organization for GNM GHK Consultants, which quickly went worldwide. GHK Global hosts an annual virtual summit that is viewed by thousands. And since early 2021, she has been instrumental in overseeing the translation and editing of Dr. Hammer's original workshops into English to help bring his knowledge to the English speaking world. Well, hello, Andy, welcome to the podcast, and thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Tanya. It's wonderful being here. I'm really pleased. Wonderful. Well, with so much experience over two decades of working within the holistic health field, how were you introduced to German New Medicine? And did you find that this new paradigm of health and healing was immediately accepted by yourself, or was it more gradual?
1: I love that question. Well, let's see. So yes, I started in very holistic alternative modalities and built up many credentials, got a lot of different certifications from all over the country and other parts of the world as well. And opened my wellness center in 2006. And I was really busy with that. You know, when you own your own business, you do everything from, you know, consulting and cleaning the toilets and and everything in between, basically. So I was having really good, what I thought was pretty good success with clients, helping them to achieve their health goals. But there were still some people that I couldn't reach that I just, no matter what I did, it just, they they didn't. Achieved their health goals. They didn't get healthier. They didn't feel better. So I was really at a loss and I kept getting new certifications. Every time I felt like, Oh, that's what I need to help this person. And I'd go off and get another training and all of that. So I started to hear on the internet. Now this would have been 2007, 2008 that of this thing called German new medicine. I thought, well, what the heck is that? I've never heard of that before started to look into it. There was very little in English on the internet at that point. And what it said didn't make any sense to me since I had absolutely no framework to understand it. But intuitively, I kept hearing that this was important. So I would revisit these pages every so often and think, what is is this all about? I was so busy with my wellness center, I just didn't have time to go for another training at the moment, or so I thought. So I thought, well, I'll just order the book and I'll read it. And if I like it, I'll use it with my clients. So I don't know if you've ever seen the book that is Dr. Hammer's work translated, and it was written in kind of a archaic medical German language translated into kind of archaic English language to a degree. And it's like it made no sense And so I had it in my bookshelf for a year. And every few months, I would pull it out thinking, okay, I'm going to understand it this time. It was in English, but it really wasn't. So after a year, it was just like, you know, the voices were just screaming at me. My intuition was saying, you absolutely need this. So I signed up for the training, went up to Canada. In the first 30 minutes of the first training, I totally understood how to read the book. It was a key and a lock. And it was absolutely revolutionary. That weekend changed my life. I got home on a Monday night and Tuesday morning, barely understanding this. I started using it with clients right off the bat. And that's really how I learned, was working with it directly with my clients. So that's the first part of your question. Now, your second part was what?
0: (laughs) Well, was it? So you kind of already answered it. I I asked if it was automatically accepted this automatic. new paradigm
1: it was for me it was absolutely automatic because it filled in all the gaps instantly mm-hmm. that I had been accumulating over the previous you know years decade mm-hmm. and so when you know what you don't know when you finally see what it is that you don't know that you know you don't know then you know it and you know it's accurate
0: yeah well put Well, for me,
1: it was instant. Now it isn't for everyone and that's fine. I always tell people to use their own discernment. And I, I always say we're gardeners. We're just planting seeds. Mm -hmm. Hey, have you thought of looking at your symptom in a different way? Mm -hmm. Can be very simple. We plant the seeds and eventually if they're ready to take root, they will. And people will ask, will reach out and say, okay, tell me more about this. What is this?
0: Absolutely it can be difficult to see something completely new because it is a completely different way of looking and viewing at symptoms and diseases when all we've heard is the exact opposite so it's it's definitely not instant for everybody i'm much like you in in the way that i was it, it was like hearing something that i had known like i didn't conceptually yeah. know it but it felt like i knew it it resonated very truthful and it was immediate for me as well. That's really fascinating. Yes. You know, with with a German new medicine understanding, and I think my listeners, we've we've gone through the basics and the five biological laws, so we won't have to go there necessarily. But maybe we can touch on just helping people recognize and the correlation between what our conflicts are, what we're dealing with, and our stresses in our life, and then correlating them to what are symptoms what is showing up for us on a physical and you know even if it's a mental more of a emotional behavior it's such a huge topic I know and we really won't even scratch the surface when it comes to behavioral issues but at least helping people understand that there's a German new medicine framework a scientific way of approaching this and to look at it that are all based on five biological laws of nature. So I just find it incredibly interesting to observe and just recognize similar conditions and symptoms being experienced within a population, right? Like with virtually everyone throughout the world right now, going through the same type of conflicts, we can see the same types of symptoms showing up. So it's really interesting. And besides the well-known plethora of listed symptoms that we all hear so much about, a common condition that I wanted to ask you about that I've started to notice in people is gout in the foot or leg. Like, why is that showing up right now? I'd love for you to be able to just kind of maybe just run through the special biological program of this common condition that's showing up in people. And so that people begin to see the correlation of the conflict and the symptom. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think that's so true
1: for for everyone who's starting on this journey of being aware. Awareness is the first key of, okay, when when am I conflict active? And to recognize your own signs and symptoms of when you're conflict active. Mm -hmm. And so that you can take action right then and downgrade it. And then you'll know that your symptoms will be less, be less intense. They'll get over quicker. So it's really important when people are starting on this journey to really, you know, delve into it and understand it in their own life on a daily basis, on a minute by minute basis. So, but looking at out, that's interesting that you're saying that, which is, it's not surprising to me at all, because we are looking at a self-devaluation conflict. So we have to back up a little bit. It's a self-devaluation, it's the bones and the joints, right, which is run, it's The control for that is in the cerebral medulla. It is cell loss in the conflict active phase. And then in the PCL or healing phase, it's cell replenishment. And that's when there's pain, swelling, and inflammation. If we have a lot of conflict relapses, then we lose cells, we gain cells, we lose cells, we gain cells, and there can be pain a lot. This is what we call arthritis. And where it's near a joint, there is an opportunity that if we have extra fluid in our body, it can accumulate in that joint. And that's what's called gout. The reason we would have that is because of the secondary program that's occurring, which is the kidney collecting tubule program. We call it for short KCT. And that is when we feel abandoned or isolated or like a fish out of water, sort of like, huh, do I really belong in this country? (laughs) Absolutely. Is this really my family? Do I belong here? It's all of that. So it's no wonder that we're seeing more gout, more tissues going. We're seeing the edema in healing phases much more than we have before. And that's because of the, quote, you know, social isolation, distancing, and all of that we're going through around the world right now. Yes, right.
0: It's really interesting to watch that, right? Just to watch the the common symptoms. And we're all human. We're all, you know, in amongst these laws together and they all apply. German new medicine is just invaluable when it comes to being able to recognize symptoms and conditions and correlate them to what we're experiencing. The topic that I'd love to touch on with you is understanding psychosis and mood disorders, as I was earlier alluding to, just based on the science of GM, These and all other psychiatric conditions, like what we hear called mood disorders, quote unquote disorders, there's something that modern psychologists maintain are caused by abnormal brain chemistry, and are thought to be abnormalities, right? But from Dr. (laughs) Hammer's discoveries, we now have a completely new definition of all of these conditions and um, behavioral issues, which are in accordance with the five biological laws and therefore apply to all of us. So I just feel like understanding a little bit about why people are the way they are and behave the way they do, including ourselves, just would be really helpful, especially into the like the context of what we're dealing with today.
1: Right, exactly. So I'll give you a little the little nutshell here. So once Dr. Hammer mapped out the whole brain and discovered pretty much what every single symptom, what the conflict shock is for every disease or symptom, he turned his attention to mental health. He had worked in the mental health field earlier in his career and he was still fascinated by it. So he started to look at why do people act the way they do? Why do they feel the way they do? And he approached it the way he always approached things. He looked at CT scans and he started to realize that people that have a certain behavior have a very certain configuration of hammer foci in the brain. So that means we have a lesion in the brain that starts a program. But what he realized is that when there are two, there's one in each hemisphere. And when we have two, which means we've had a conflict shock, now we're conflict active. And when we're conflict active with one, we now have another shock and we're now double conflict active. And we have a second lesion in the brain, a hammer focus, and it jumps to the other hemisphere. So now our two hemispheres, our right and left hemispheres, are vibrating out of sync with each other. The second that occurs, we have a shift. It is instantaneous. We have a change in our mood. We have a change in our behavior. We have a change in what we say, what we do, what we think, how we think. It's instant. And this is really the most amazing thing that he discovered. I mean, the diseases is one thing, right? But when we get what makes us think, feel, and do That's what he discovered. So one thing I'll mention that I see a lot of in the past year and a half, two years is an increase in what we would call the frontal fear constellation. It's the frontal lobe constellation, the premotor sensory cortex. And that is made up of two different conflicts. One is frontal fear, which just means something's going to happen and I don't know what. Mm
0: -hmm. And I'm
1: I'm afraid of it. And the other one is feeling powerless. Well, I don't know about you, but there's a lot of people on this planet that feel powerless right now, and it could be that they feel powerless over a disease because they feel like it's going to attack them, or it could be that they're just afraid of being sick. And then there's the other end; it's like, oh, we're we're just not looking forward to you know any sort of restriction, further restriction of our freedoms and our rights, and we feel powerless about this. So this starts. The frontal lobe constellation and it presents as anxiety. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but there is a lot of anxiety going on these days.
0: Yes, and yes. We see, it,
1: we see it acting out as well. Now, another constellation that goes with this one commonly is the one that we've got the two frontal fear, the frontal fear and powerless, that so are forehead. And then in the back of our head is our visual cortex, and that involves our vitreous body and our retina. And so think of your eyes in the back of your head, You know that that old saying that we have. And so this program is about lurking. Something's lurking. Something's coming from behind. There's something looming. And so now we've got something that we're afraid of that's behind us and something in front of us. This is what we call paranoia. So we see a huge increase in paranoia right now. So we know that there are four programs that have turned on in the body, two in the front, two in the back. And as soon as you constantly with those, you feel paranoid. Oh my God, what's going to happen? I've got to get out of this country or whatever it is, whatever your belief system is. You start to have thoughts of paranoia. And I see a lot of that right now. A lot of it. yeah, Many kinds of people. Too. It's not just, you know, people who are into Germanische Heilkunde here, the Germanic healing knowledge. It's all kinds of people.
0: Absolutely. That's amazing, isn't it? So fascinating and insightful. It just opens up this whole new world of knowledge and understanding. Oh, man. It does. And it's such a broad topic, though. It
1: is such a broad topic. One thing I want to say, though, is that we also see a lot of depression right now, and you see more suicides as well. Yeah. And we've been seeing that mental health statistics prove that is to be accurate. And so we get into a little bit of um, hormonal issues here as well. So if you're male versus female, uh, but in a nutshell, we're seeing people who are depressed, which means they have a program running on their right temporal lobe. It's their territorial conflicts. So it's feeling territorial anger, territorial fear, territorial loss, territorial marking conflict. It's feeling a loss of territory, a fear of your territory. Don't get near me. I don't want to catch your germs. It could be as, as well as that. That will impact in people who are like a, a right-handed male. Um, left-handed male as well will have that kind of a conflict. And a female who is not cycling. So a postmenopausal woman or a pregnant woman or someone who's on the pill will also have that kind of a program running. And that's what we would it would manifest as depression. Now in order to kill yourself, it has to switch to the other side, to the left temporal lobe, which is the manic side. So if the depression changes and you know, some something escalates and now they're manic, now they have the energy, to commit suicide. When you're depressed, you don't, you don't have the energy to kill yourself, but if it shifts and you become manic, now you have the energy to commit suicide. And unfortunately, we're seeing a lot of people in that position.
0: Right. So that would be uh, talking around triggers, right? Like Correct. explaining. Yeah. yeah. Cause if it's something changes a behavior, that means they've been triggered. Something has triggered that behavioral switch and that mood is then Change. Can you kind of explain what a track or trigger is? Sure, absolutely. So at the moment of
1: a conflict shock, an initial conflict shock, our psyche, which is our innate intelligence for survival, it picks up on everything around us in our environment. The season, the weather, the barometric pressure, you know, what we just ate, what we just smelled, who we're standing with, what are we in a room? Are we outside? Are we at work? Are we at home? all of those things are stored and any one of those become can become what we call a track it's it's a trigger that starts the program over again just encountering one of those again So look at something like seasonal allergies Let's say every spring you have quote seasonal allergies you start have a histamine reaction you're blowing your nose you're stuffed up and it means that you've had a conflict in the spring that's not fully resolved so when those elements that were, available that were present at the moment of that original conflict shock they're present again oh it's springtime again we've got pollen coming out we've got warmer temperatures then your psyche says uh oh you've had a danger with this before let's start the program again to keep you safe mm-hmm. and now you've got your histamine reaction so that's the basic of what a track and a trigger is so if somebody's triggered let's say they're depressed so they have a territorial Issue going on, they might have any sort of a, oh gosh, any sort of a program that relieves some of that or that simply accentuates a new conflict shock on the left temporal lobe, which now makes them more manic. So that could be a scare fright conflict, a sexual conflict, another marking conflict, it's, yeah, it's slightly different conflicts. It all depends on if you're seeing it from a female perspective or a male perspective, if that makes any sense.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. it's so interesting. So what would you say to somebody who maybe he's just hearing this for the first time, and so they understand, okay, there's a different awareness now that I have to have about, you know, what I'm going through. How can somebody just recognize oh well I guess it would just be a matter of awareness right recognizing their behavior has shifted what can they do at that point is it about downgrading is it about making themselves feel comfortable it's about yeah the first thing is
1: awareness recognize okay something just shifted in me I just got really angry
0: Hmm.
1: where the heck did that come from or I just got really depressed or I just got really manic or I just got really scared you know, and look and see what just happened. Right. And I would say, write it down, write it down, write down the time, the day, and write down what just happened. So that the next day, let's say it's gone away and you're back to normal. You can look at that and look back and say, huh, okay, this started a program. And then I'm going to say, learn, learn this information because you want to know what program just started. So that when you encounter that thing again, that you encountered yesterday that started this program, you can recognize, oh, here it is again. All right, I'm changing my relationship to this. I'm Mm -hmm. going to reframe it. I'm going to look at it differently. Right. And so we look at it differently and we don't get triggered.
0: It's such an empowering place to be, isn't it? It is incredibly empowering. Yeah. It's like you're taking all the responsibility back instead of you know, placing or going somewhere outside of you to get the answers, you can take that responsibility and learn these understandings. So it's amazing.
1: Yes, I find it's the most empowering thing we have. And the good thing is that you don't have to go analyze your toilet training. You don't Mm -hmm. have to have years and years of psychoanalysis or hypnosis or anything to be able to stop a program many, many people, once they recognize when a program restarts, you start to see, okay, what was that trigger? Okay. That's what I need to work on. That's what I need to resolve in my, in my psyche, in my being. Let's say it's a relationship with your father and now you're an adult. And as soon as he calls you, you get triggered.
0: Mm. Well,
1: this is the work and you might go and get therapy to understand why you feel the way you do. That might be part of your path, your journey. But ultimately you want to change your relationship with your dad. So the pathway is kind of, it's laid out for us. Okay, here's the goal. This is what we know we need to do in order to not trigger that program again, to start it again. How you get there is individual for everyone. People always ask me, well, okay, now I understand this. What do I do? (laughs) Well, when they ask that, it tells me they don't really understand Germanic healing knowledge yet. Because there is no there's no prescriptive do it's about you making peace, how you do that is totally up to you and your journey is so different from everyone else's journey. So people have siblings who experience the same kind of household growing up their journey to resolve this and make peace with it is very different. Each of those siblings will have a different journey.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We all perceive things so differently, don't we? And it's all subjective. So we experience things um, in different ways. And that means we will have to resolve things in different ways. And yeah, Yeah. healing does happen in the psyche. It it all kind of begins in the psyche and it ends in the psyche too. Absolutely. It does. Yeah. It's amazing. Do you have any case studies or an example of a behavioral issue let's say, or disorder, quote unquote disorder, because we we know that that's what (laughs) conventional medicine terms are mood behaviors. But I would love to go into an example with, so people can relate to, you did a wonderful job with depression and anxiety. That was a wonderful explanation. What about people who are obsessive compulsive? They have these Tendencies to have things exactly the way they need to be. And if you mess it up, they get triggered. I'm just trying to think of really common things that we see now a lot, or at least we're more aware of it now.
1: Right, exactly. So when we see the OCD behavior, that's often what we would call the autistic constellation. Now, Dr. Hammer used many labels that we have in the medical community today, and yet there are different definitions. So, you know, people are now listening to that. Oh, I'm autistic. It's like, not in the way you think, not in the way you're thinking. This is a very different kind of uh, definition of the autistic constellation. You could have somebody who's just slightly shy and just shy in certain settings. And that person is lightly constellated with the autistic constellation. And then all the way to the other end of the spectrum, to what we think of as a full-blown autistic, they're nonverbal, they can't make eye contact, they're not self-sufficient, they've withdrawn into themselves. So they're both the same constellation, but they present very differently depending on the length and intensity of the conflict active phase.
0: Okay. So this is
1: where we tend to see the ritualistic type behavior. Everything has to be on the kitchen just set just right. And all the canisters are 1.2 <laughs> inches apart, you know? And if there's a dirty spoon, it has to be put away right away and right. all of that type of thing. So that's where we tend to see like an what we'd call an OCD person. There's other flavors to it as well that bring in other constellations,
0: mm-hmm. but that
1: would be a an important one to understand.
0: You know, I love Dr. Hammer's quote. He said, our personalities are the sum total of our biological conflicts. And it's just so, what an amazing way to look at that, right? Instead of looking at these as disorders and something that we have to struggle with, it's our personalities and our psyche has developed a way to be and survive in a world based on what we've experienced. And it's so fascinating. I just love this topic and I, I want to let people know and make sure they understand that it's not, it, it doesn't have to be looked upon as an abnormality or something that's not functioning properly within them.
1: Right. Absolutely. When you come right down to it, your constellations are your gifts. Mm. They are what make you a unique, very unique stylized person, unique from everyone in your family and from, you know, people in other parts of the world as well. So they give us our gifts. When you look at history, you look at now we can look at it with a whole new light. It's like the people who have given us inventions were pretty constellated people. And that's why they were able to invent things. Einstein was constellated. He, he had the autistic constellation as well. And look at the brilliance that he brought forth. Someone like Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, who did a lot of work on death and dying, brought us a whole new version of psychology of, of how we transition out of our life and the grieving process afterwards. She had, the, she had a constellation as well that's all about you know, death and dying. So it, it, it's our gifts. It's our individuality. There's nothing wrong with us. It's a matter of understanding it. Now, if we have people, um, oh, that was the post-mortal constellation that Elizabeth Kubler-Ross had. Now I wanna say if people are destructive, right? Okay, they're a sociopath, they've got guns, they kill people. (laughs) That obviously, that is a constellation, not a super good, good gift though. And it's about understanding, okay, what's going on in that person? What do we need to do to help them? if they're even helpable, but we look at somebody with an aggressive constellation, which is really common right now.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And, and many people have this. It's understanding yourself and what are your triggers that start your tracks that start those programs again?
0: Right. And, you know, just to see somebody, as you were saying, maybe an aggressive constellation it's to look at them now in a different light, because you realize that, you know, they might have been triggered into this behavior. Well, not might have, they were triggered into this behavior. And they're acting out this based on, you know, this biological program. And so it's almost like you can now view it as a more from a compassionate place rather than, you know, drilling down on them. Obviously, there's ways we need to approach it, but it can be from a compassionate standpoint. And like you said, how can we help them? It's a whole
1: new way of being able to help them because now we know what the the core is. It isn't an unbalanced brain chemistry. That is not it at all. Mm. It's this person, perhaps their upbringing and the triggers and tracks that they have laid in their brain that are there, that were laid very naturally as survival mechanisms as they were growing up. And and now we see how they trigger. And so everyone's a slightly different person, of course. And you can start to map out, okay, for that person, this one, this constellation triggers first, that immediately triggers two other ones. And so now they're their showing of their three constellations is very different from the next person who might have, you know, similar or different constellations. So it's really fascinating. It's pulling apart what is behavior. What are they doing? And it's not usually very difficult. It's pretty easy to see somebody who's aggressive. They're flying off the handle.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it, we're not talking they're mass murderers. It can just be, you know, the kids dragged in some mud on the white carpet and you you blow your top. And that's also the aggressive constellation just a little bit, but it's there. So now, you know, your track, you're probably a little autistic. Things have to be just right as well. <laughs>
0: But yeah, the power in recognizing that and why you respond that way, it's right. so empowering, such a lovely way to approach day-to-day living. Right, exactly. And then you look at your the generational
1: aspect of this well. So if you're reacting out of anger all the time, then your kids are learning this. They'll be impacted with that same constellation. Well, they may be, you know, and so now you see them acting out the same way when they get to be adults. Because it's what they've learned. That's how their physiology adapted in that moment as well.
0: Absolutely. How hopeful are you that the science of GNM and the way we look at these behavioral issues, how hopeful are you that this is becoming mainstream quick enough?
1: Well, that's a great question. Yeah, it's like there's just not enough hours in the day for those of us who do know this, who are teaching it to teach as many people as we need right now. There is that 100th monkey syndrome, and I, you know we're not quite there yet where it mm-hmm. becomes part of mass consciousness instantly. We right. need to keep working towards that. But I do want to share a vision that Dr. Hammer had, which is something that I've just learned in the past year or two, which was new to me, and that he had a vision of a society, of all societies on this planet, as living in accordance with our biological beingness, our biological nature, you know, our five natural laws of nature. And it would look very different if we did that. Right now, we live in a very constellated world. Our countries are constellated the people in our countries are constellated they are not living in harmony with nature they're not living according to their biological needs as well mm-hmm. and so we have a very fragmented constellated society and i'm going to say that's most societies especially of the quote developed world those are the ones that are constellated
0: mm-hmm. the ones
1: that are more in the developing world are not as constellated they do live in closer to the rhythms of nature and people are probably thinking oh yeah that's pie in the sky you know we're not going to all live in caves or anything and that's not at all what I'm talking about it's about living in a society that if you choose to have children then you don't have to put them in daycare mm-hmm. that there is support for you to do that if you so, so choose to or perhaps it's you, you don't choose that and now you have support for not choosing that versus disdain and it's like what's wrong with you? you're not you're not going to have kids. But it's really it's a it's a bigger vision and it's more like how people lived indigenously in indigenous cultures, so think Native American cultures, where everyone had their role everyone had their place and they lived together in small communities versus great big communities full of people who don't know each other. That's not natural. It just isn't. Mm-hmm. So living in smaller communities where everyone is working together for common goals, you'll see that in some cultures still, but for most, most of the developed world, you don't see that. It's too fragmented. It's too, We're too isolated from each other.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You definitely see that. And even more so in the last year and a half to two years, it's really been drilling into us to be more fragmented, to be more separated from a pack and from the community. You. And, you know, it just shows that we've got a long way to go, but I feel very hopeful in that people are ready. They're just ready to hear something of higher consciousness they're ready to expand and to learn learn things that they resonate more with being more conscious I did a couple talks for an introduction to GM, and people were just so willing they were just eager to hear more and and it felt right not everybody you could tell it was maybe too different too new but others for the majority people are just ready And that's what gives me hope, to see people like that and people who come up and ask questions and and want to know more. Ten years ago when I learned this, that wasn't the case at all. I had a hard time even, well, I didn't ever bring it up in conversation except for in my own families, like within our own family. But now it's much different. I feel I can approach, it's more approachable, this topic now.
1: It really is. And that's because of what's going on on the planet. There is Mm -hmm. a reason for that. And it is to bring new awarenesses to us. And part of that new awareness is the knowledge of our own bodies, which is what Dr. Hammer discovered. I'm very hopeful as well. I really think that we've seen such an influx in people learning this in the past, you know, just under two years Mm -hmm. that I'm, I'm really thrilled, you know, it's going the way that I was hoping it would go. We obviously need to reach a lot more people, but I'd say one goal in my mind is to have one person in every household understand this so they can become their own doctors, you know, for their, their household, their communities, their neighborhoods. We need that. We need to take control of our bodies back because we're the only ones who are in control. And that's knowing that, okay, there's medical if we need it, because there, there is definitely a place for you know surgeries and things like that i'm not saying i'm not anti medical at all it's about understanding when it's important to use it and when it's not mm-hmm. and that's the knowledge that we gain when we learn
0: the germanische heilkunde absolutely you offer a few courses for german medicine or in germanic healing knowledge and One of them that you're, I think, underway right now is the psychosis and constellation. So where can people learn more about that if they're interested? I know that um, a lot of my listeners are going to be really interested in and learning more about this with you.
1: Right, right. So my website is my name, andylockmears.com. And right on my homepage, you can scroll down a bit and you'll see all the different courses that I offer the GNM GHK for everyone is my basic course called Beyond Holistic Medicine. Then I have one for practitioners and then the one for psychoses. And for right now, I'm I'm developing the course with a cohort and it's not available yet, but it will be next spring. And so we do, I think we have a sign-up sheet. You can sign up to be on the mailing list. Get on my mailing list anyway so that you can stay updated with the courses that I do offer. And I'm just checking. It's yeah. Sign up for the mailing list. It will open again probably in spring of 2022. We'll see how that goes. How I put that together into a course. But I also do master classes. I have a buddy system because we all need community. I have a mentorship program. I have free studio krysa, which are free study groups as well that are held quarterly. That's what Dr. Hamer's vision was that people would simply study together. And so I offer lots of different programs. I also teach at a naturopathic school. So for people who want to have more credentialization, you can become a traditional naturopath and have as your basis the Germanic healing knowledge.
0: So, yes, lots of opportunities for sure. Absolutely. So many avenues. Thank you, Andy, for everything you're doing in this field. It's just amazing. And we're blessed to have people like you who are putting this information out there in so many different avenues. So thank you. You're so welcome, Tanya. It's wonderful to be here
1: and to meet with you and to meet up with all your your folks and your listeners. I hope they will
0: take a look at my website and reach out with any questions. Well, I will include your website in the show notes. And I want to thank you again, Andy, for taking the time to come on here and sharing what you you did. Uh, I think it's very helpful. I really strive to make information applicable and practical for people. So I think you did that really well today. So, yeah, thank you so much. It was wonderful to, to connect with you. And I'm sure that we will connect again in the future. That sounds wonderful. I look forward to it. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune into this episode. If you found some value in it, please consider subscribing and leave an honest review in iTunes. I'd love to help get this information out to more people and go ahead and share it with a friend. You can reach and connect with me at tanyaverquin.ca or on the socials at tanyaverquin.